Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. We've had a good week here. It is June 16th, 1995. And we're here for all your your great needs. All your great needs? <laughs> yep. All of them. All righty. So hope we have some great needs out there. People are... I have you, needs. Be, yeah. <laughs> I thought we took care of that last night. <laughs> he was... <laughs> um, we went to a jewelry store last night. And I got you a, uh, like a little amethyst bracelet or whatever. What was it? What was it later? Well, actually, yesterday when we talked about nine the nine oh two one oh episode. I was going to say, are you trying to compare me to that bitch? That's what I'm referencing. What what was that? Like to, to, what was it? Topaz or I don't. It was some kind of like aqua colored. It could have been aquamarine. Yeah, whatever. It looked like the stuff that Native Americans use in their yeah jewelry design yeah and it was cute and pretty and whatever and she was a bitch but we'll talk about that or we already talked about that (laughs) we're done talking about that we're recording these tapes out of order so we're doing the one that we release on tuesday now and we'll do the one we release on monday after this right but anyway so speaking of things that are coming to an end absolutely fabulous coming to an end are you familiar with what they call AbFab? No. Enlighten oh. me. So it's a British comedy series starring two women, Jennifer Saunders and the one that's not Jennifer Saunders. <laughs> okay. Um, as Patsy and Adina. Okay. Gal pals that uh, are just kind of, I don't know, they're wacky and crazy. Like Laverne and Shirley? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, a little Quite bit. British. Yeah, and one of them is a fashion designer that is just like crazy but fabulous. I mm-hmm. don't know. Uh, anyway, so the show's coming to an end. Hilarious show. And there's going to be an American version of it. Roseanne Barr has, Arnold's whatever, has uh, purchased the rights to it or whatever. And it's, so they've been showing the the older episodes on Comedy Central. Okay. And that's where I've been watching it. My sister is a big fan of it too, so something so, her and I share. So those of shout you out to who Amy actually have cable right now mm-hmm. can watch it. And, yep. You know, you poor people like me. Well, you I know, guess the, you just have to snuggle up with somebody who has cable. CBC exists in this area, guys. Okay. A Canadian Broadcasting Channel. Are they also showing it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Uh, apparently in the fall, it's going to come out in the fall, though. What's it, what's it called? Absolutely Fabulous. Huh. Or Ab Fab. Well, we'll have to look for it and watch it in the fall, I guess. Yeah, it's great. It's it's actually, the British version's a really funny show. I am afraid that they're going to tone it down too much for the American version, but we'll see. Yeah. That is actually the only bit of news... That I have for today. It's slow news day. They, they, you know, there was some talk in the OJ trial and stuff like that. But 
I don't want to cover that every single week. Right. And it's boring. I mean, it's not. <laughs> I'm I'm still fascinated by it, but it's not every there. There, you know, sometimes revelations will come out, and then it gets interesting. But on a day to day thing, it's a trial. So on a on a day to day basis, lots of boring stuff happens too. Right. So we're not going to cover that every single week, but trust me, we'll we'll revisit it. And when they finally, you know, render a verdict fourteen years from now, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll tell you what that is too. But since I have the paperback, I'm it, so excited. In in honor of that, I figured we would do speaking from the heart. Yay! Massive love, or whatever the hell we called this segment. The first one, it's I, I, that I want to cover. I looked at this briefly. Okay. So I didn't get, you know, I didn't get, like, I didn't choose, like, five or ten of them or something like that. I was only able to look at, at it briefly, so we're going to kind of have to riff here. Okay. But the first one that I wanted to read is the very first one on here from the female seeking male section. Okay. Adventurous, affluent, amorous, assertive gentleman needed to dine and direct white female who is longing for mutually beneficial relationship what dine and direct so she's a submissive person and she's looking for someone to dominate her apparently yes okay she, and why is everything alliterative in in this <laughs> i don't know it's very weird she needs to be fed first though you have to dine her and then direct her yes it's like Roseanne. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Roseanne. No offense. Oh. Um, but yeah, it's it's weird, right? It's really weird. And and she seems like maybe she has some kind of mental illness with the <laughs> with the A's and the D's and the I don't know. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I think she's gonna chop them up. Oh god. <laughs> Stay away from her voice. Wow. Speaking of some of the mental illness, guess who's back? Adventurous millionaire. Oh, yeah. From like a year ago. Yeah. He's still looking for a lady 30 to 45 to uh, spoil, to spoil. See, if that were true. Enjoy traveling. All music. You have to enjoy all music, every single genre of music. So you can never ask him to switch the station. Do you, do you like country? No. Get the fuck out. Right. Uh, and nice restaurants. You have to like nice restaurants. I, like, I only eat at shitholes. I like all music and nice restaurants, but... um. Do you want to leave me for an adventurous millionaire? Well, no, and I'm also not 30 to 40, but... That's true. If he was really... An adventurous millionaire, mm-hmm. and his only requirements are thirty to forty, liking music and fine dining. Basically, mm-hmm. I don't think he'd have to look that long or hard. No, I mean, I, I I feel like he's full of shit. Oh yeah, of course. I bet you he has been out with many women, and maybe even like gotten some out of this, and and that's all he wants, right? He's he's the kind of person that has enough money to where he can fake being a millionaire right. for like a date. Right. And then have sex and then never call the woman again. Oh, what a douchebag. 
We should call him and set him up. <laughs> Tell him that we, we want, like, expensive shit, and he has to come pick us up in a limo. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not be there. Sounds good. We're coming for you, Mr. Millionaire. <laughs> what, uh, what about this one? I think this one's kind of funny. Uh, this is in the alternative lifestyles. A handsome, curious 29-year-old white male seeking curious married to single white what? men. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just what? A handsome, curious 29-year-old white male seeking curious married or single white male, 19 to 33, for, decre- for discreet experience, must be safe and curious. <laughs> Which is the, like, I think the fourth time he's used the word curious in this ad. And I don't even know what that means anymore now. No, So it's like, it's, I can just picture two, two white guys laying on the grass, staring up at the the night sky. And then the guy that wrote this ad saying, uh, do you ever wonder how many stars are out there? And the guy goes, no, not really. Get out. (laughs) What do you mean? It has to be curious. If they're willing to have gay sex with you, they're at least curious. They're curious about the size of your dick, buddy. It's okay. I don't understand why they can't just be like a handsome 29-year-old seeking someone that wants gay sex. (laughs) Basically, yeah. I mean, they don't care if he's married or single. So why waste? They pay per word. Mm -hmm. Why waste the money to say married or single? Just put in big font gay sex across <laughs> right? your thing. That's all that's all it is. For sure. Oh my goodness. Must be curious. Let's I wonder see. if it okay, here's my thought though. Mm-hmm. I wonder if maybe he's closeted. Okay. And this is like his first time and he doesn't want somebody very experienced. Maybe. So he's saying curious because he doesn't want somebody who's fully Living the life. Yeah. Just put, must be inexperienced. Yeah. How about this one? This is kind of weird. <laughs> uh, two white males, 35 and 26, attractive professionals, looking for an attractive single black female, 21 to 45, for adult fun. Interesting. Two white dudes want to make a reverse Oreo cookie. With a single black female. Uh, and I think it's funny that they put attractive. Okay, I get. They put their ages. Fine. Professional. <laughs> Who the fuck cares? Right. If you're two plumbers, is a single black female going to be like, okay, I'd fuck with some business dudes, but. But you know what? Being a plumber, I think, is a professional, too. I okay, mean, well, I think I think the term professional, while it implies business, really just means they have a job. But what is it? does it matter if they have a job or not? They're looking to make a devil's three-way <laughs> with a girl. Who cares? She's not, not, not going to take them home to her dad. Dad, I know that, you know, that interracial coupling can be uh, problematic, but... It's two white guys. They cancel each other out. <laughs> like, I don't I don't understand. They, who cares what they do? If you're willing to do this, right. you're not looking for a relationship. And I, I, I want to know what kind of relationship these two dudes have. 
That, Seriously. That they're like willing to take out an ad together to look for a threesome. They must be really good friends. Or maybe they're maybe they're like bisexual lovers. Maybe. Why don't they just go to the bar? Maybe but, they're not good enough looking to maybe. go to the bar. But Plus, I mean, that's a hard thing. Like, so how do you figure out which how do you figure like you go to a bar and you're scanning the women at the bar. Uh, how do you figure out which one is down for double stuff? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, I think a lot of women like have that as a fantasy. So I don't think it would be that hard to find a woman that would be interested. In... So you'd be willing to do it then? I didn't say that. Especially not with those creepy t- dudes. I, I picture like no, Amish white boys. Me- <laughs> <laughs> They're on Saturnalia or something. <laughs> right? We need to make the most of our time. <laughs> oh, no. No, me and somebody else. I don't like sharing, so... I wouldn't be doing anything with the other guy. (laughs) Wouldn't that be hard for you to be, like, looking at another guy being with me? We aren't talking about what I want. (laughs) Because I never said I'd want this at all. You said you think it's a lot of women's fantasies, and you think... That doesn't mean it's mine. But I'm asking you. I mean, maybe in theory, but I don't think I'd really want to do it. Well, that's so that's what I'm saying. I think a lot of women in theory, that's their fantasy. But how many women would actually be approached by two, you know, Hasidic Jews or Amish guys or whatever (laughs) and say, yeah, okay, I'll do it. Right. That's true. One's 35 and one's 26. So that's a nine year age difference. Do you think they're brothers? Oh, that's even worse. That'd That'd be bad, right? Oh, and you know what else I think makes it bad? I mean, it's weird kind of, right, that they're like two white dudes looking for a black girl. But I mean, it, it almost seems like they're like fetish fetishizing it. You know? Yeah. Is that like a is that like a like a fucking racist slave fantasy right. or something? Right. Like they're the uh, the two overseers or something. And she's the uh, oh God, the house slave. Don't call them ladies. Don't yeah. call them black women. Don't 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 empower these fucking no. bigots. Last one, which is right above it. Two attractive masculine men who are friends. (laughs) So they give us the relationship. At least, yeah. (laughs) Two masculine men who are friends looking for two single men, 23 to 38, must be proud to be a man. (laughs) What? I don't know what that means. (laughs) Proud to be a man. Like... Any bit of shame over your gender <laughs> and you're out. What does that mean? Must be proud to be a man. And again, why is it two guys looking together? So that in, sex. But that implies to me then, because they're looking for two guys. It's two guys looking for two guys. Right. So it's not like they're gonna just couple off. It's gonna be like a like a like Circle a jerk. daisy chain. Or something. Yeah, it's going to be something. But you got to be proud to be a man. What is that? <laughs> I guess they, they want really masculine dudes. I guess. I I, I mean, that's know. how I would read it, but I don't know. These people are so weird and vague. And cryptic. <laughs> yeah. It's like, just, just say what you want and use as few words as possible, yes, but say what you want. At least they... At least they they took the time to tell us that they're friends. Right. I would hope you're at least friends. 
That also does imply they're not together, though. Right. So, But they're willing to be together in this weird, like, jumble, like a ball of proud-to-be-men men. I, I bet you that they've been together, even if they are just friends. I guess. I don't know. We should call and ask them. <laughs> We're going to call a lot of these people. <laughs> we need answers. <laughs> right? Uh, speaking of answers, Carol, we watched a movie. I'm not, I'm not even going to call it a film because <laughs> it's a movie. Yeah, it, it was it was almost like what reading a comic book, but on a screen with people moving. Kind of, yeah. I, I haven't read a lot of comic books, but sure. I haven't read a lot of them either, but it looks like a comic book the way it was. So we saw together. Batman Forever. Yes. Which apparently is uh, their business plan for how long these fucking movies are going to come out. And how long that movie felt to watch. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. The yeah. jokes about the movie being long write themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so this is the third Batman movie, mm-hmm. uh, as, as such a weird sure you all know. But the first one where Batman is played Stop by it. Val Kilmer. Batman. Batman. What? <laughs> Bat. Batman. He is a man and he's proud of it. <laughs> he's proud to be a man. <laughs> he's proud to be a Batman. <laughs> Batman, wait, we have uh we have two uh guys that are using the bat <laughs> They want they want you over there. <laughs> uh okay, so anyway, yeah, the Val Kilmer is Batman and, <laughs> and so Tim Burton, he directed the first two movies, and the first one, Batman. 1989's Batman, was a hit, obviously, one of the highest grossing films of all one time. One of my favorite movies when I was growing up. And then they, you know, 19, I think it was 92, I want to say, when Batman Returns came out, and Tim Burton had more leeway to do what he wanted to. And made a fucking weird film <laughs> that I actually like, but understandably, I mean, they made McDonald's toys for this movie, right? And you know, Danny DeVito eats a live fish because because he's a penguin, and it's it's a gross, weird movie, and Christopher Walken's in it, and and the executives were like, oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> we forgot that Tim Burton is a weird human being. <laughs> so when they decided they wanted to do a third, they were going to do a third one because the second one made enough money to do a third one. They said, "Well, Tim Burton, maybe, maybe you can direct some other stuff for us. Maybe you could do Ed Wood. Maybe you could direct some other movies." And we saw Ed Wood. Remember? Yeah, it was good. And so they steered him away from the Spaman thing, and they hired Joel Schumacher. To apparently, according to the movie that we just saw, from my perspective, to make it more comic-y, more silly, mm-hmm. more kid-friendly. I mean, just obvious jokes, too, that Oh yeah, that and weren't then, funny. And then the not obvious jokes were just weird. <laughs> like, there's, there's this one part where, uh, as, as those of you know who've seen it, Nicole Kidman's in this is Dr. Chase Meridian, and who's for like just inexplicably horny for Batman. I don't think it's inexplicable. 
Well, she tells us several times that she likes bad boys or something like that. Right. But it's just weird. But he's not a bad boy. No, it's the first time she's met him, and she's just like suddenly she wants him or whatever. It's I weird. think that she wants, I think that she's like that girl in the ad and she wants to be dominated, hmm. and she's just turned on by all the leather. Okay. But she calls him with the bat signal to basically flirt with him on the rooftop, and that's it. Yeah. Like, I, did she think that they were going to fuck on that rooftop? I think she did. So, she, you know, he says, are you trying to get under my cape? Oh, that's so bad. And then he says, uh, it's the car, right? It's the car, right? The chicks take the car. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. What did you think of the movie as a whole? Then I'll get into a, a specific question I want to ask you. Okay, but don't let me forget there's something else I want to say before we go too far off here. Oh, well, you can say right now then. Okay. The first freaking thing I can remember him saying in the movie mm-hmm. is, I'll get drive through when he's getting in the Batmobile. Yeah. Another stupid joke. Okay. I think they did that just for the commercial. Yeah. Because I, th- I think there's a Burger King tie into this or something like that. And. That was Taco Bell. Is it Taco Bell? I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. But there's a commercial that you've all seen, I'm sure, with, you know, Batman saying, I'll get drive through. And yeah, I think they did I think they did that literally just for that commercial. It was like, ridiculous. I think the fucking executives were on set like uh, okay, this is how we want them to say it, you know. It's terrible. Ridiculous, yeah. Um, what did I think overall? Overall, um not impressed. Uh, too long, too hokey, mm-hmm. just eh. The beginning was kind of okay, and I got, I think I got what they were trying to do stylistically. Everything was very hyper-realistic. The, the city is just this sprawl, like, it's a city that would never exist in real life. It's just a sprawl of just buildings, like, just placed willy-nilly with giant statues that cover entire, you know, like, city acres. It's just, the whole thing's weird. Yeah. And it doesn't make any sense, but I kind of got what they were doing stylistically, but then it it really starts to go downhill very fast. Yes. The writing is not good. No. And one of the worst parts of it is Jim Carrey existing in this movie. I don't find Jim Carrey funny in any way no. at all. Not no. There's nothing about... When they said he was going to play the Riddler, I was like, oh, that's kind of good casting because he sort of looks like the Riddler and, you know, everything else. And I'm just like, oh, my God, get Frank Gorshin back. <laughs> he This dude is terrible. I just... He's not funny at all. Yeah. Way too over the top all the time. All the time. Yep. Uh, but the question I wanted to ask you is, what did you think of Val Kilmer's performance in this movie? Because I like Val Kilmer. I think he did a good job. But when when it comes to Batman, you have to judge whoever's playing Batman two ways. Is he a good Batman? Is he a good Bruce Wayne? Right. Because they're very distinct and different. What, what did you think? Do you think he made... Do you think you made a good Batman? Do you think you made a good Bruce Wayne? Yes. I think it was believable um, when, you know, the costume was off of him that, you know, 
he he was Batman, but also. I think he was a much better Bruce Wayne than he was a Batman. I don't think he was a great Batman. What what was wrong with him as a Batman? It just, I didn't get the idea, I didn't get the impression that he was obsessed. Michael Keaton did a really good job of, of portraying like that kind of tortured, you know, obsessed with, with crime and, and, you know, bitter and alone and, and all this stuff. They tried to do this like flashback stuff and it's just like, it's Val Kimmer just going, oh, and then, like, there's, <laughs> and then there's like these flashes of how many times do we need to see Martha Wayne's pearls flying as she gets sh- like killed? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it, it's enough now. I've seen the Wayne's death so many times at this point. That's true. But I just, I don't think he portrayed it like super well, but I think he did Bruce Wayne really well. So, and yeah. I think the opposite of Michael Keaton. I think Michael Keaton was a really good Batman. I don't think he was a super great Bruce Wayne. Okay. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's hard to find someone that can be both. I guess. I mean, I, I don't know. It To me, I thought he was fine both ways. I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I don't think he's doing that much really acting as Batman. It's mostly just the action yeah, all right. I don't agree with you, but okay. Okay. What did you think of uh, of his suit? The bat suit. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. The, there's a there's a couple new uh, additions to the bat suit this time around. What did you think of it? I think you, it's disgusting. You're the one that pointed it out. Absolutely freaking disgusting. Well, tell the people what you're. He talking has about. nipples on the outside of his costume, mm-hmm. like rubber nipples. Why? That's for Dr. Chase Meridian. Apparently. <laughs> it's just gross. Like I don't wanna look at I don't wanna look at a guy's nipples naturally, let alone in rubber. Right. It's not a thing. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> There's so I think another thing that this movie gets hurt from is the too many plot elements problem. Okay. The the structure of this movie is, I guess it's fine. It has a, a traditional three X structure, I suppose, uh, and the pacing is uh, fine too. Like structurally, it's okay, but it it tries to load too much stuff in here because you have Batman, and then you have Two Face. That's the first villain that we're introduced to, played by uh, Thomas Lee Jones, and. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not going to call a 60-year-old man Tommy. Uh, I think you have to. <laughs> um, but anyway, so, yeah, he, Thomas Jones plays uh, Two-Face. Two Tommy Lee Jones. I didn't like him much in this movie. No, no, not a good performance. Um, and, it's, you know, originally they were going to have Billy D. Williams be Two-Face because Billy D. Williams was Harvey Dent in the in the other movies. Okay. Why didn't they? I don't know because well, and, and Michael Keaton didn't come back because because Tim Burton didn't get to do what he wanted to do. You know, and and the first scene that we saw him when he was like screaming, his face turned red, and it matched the makeup on the other side of his face. I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> I didn't. He exerted himself just a little too much, and I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" <laughs> but yeah, it's it's like that scene in. Um... In Apocalypse Now with uh, Martin Sheen, where they where they get him drunk. 
He's just like ranting all over, punching the fucking uh, mirror and shit. <laughs> um, but no, so I, I just didn't. Yeah, I didn't like his performance that much. And but he's the first villain that we meet. They pile on to this, the Ed Begley Jr. killing Jim Jim Carrey, which Ed Begley Jr. is awesome in this movie, yeah. as he is in everything. But they they pile him in as the Riddler. And the reason he becomes the Riddler is because he creates a machine that can bring TV to life. Like it's like a virtual reality type thing, or it makes you feel like you're you're actually in it, right? Uh, and he works for Wayne Enterprises, and Bruce Wayne's there touring this division, and he says, "Hey, you know, I got this thing, and with this brain manipulation and all this stuff and everything." Bruce Wayne's like, "Oh, cool. Call my assistant. We'll set up a meeting. You know, he's gonna meet." With the the CEO, the owner of this giant corporation, right. which I'm sure is a rare occasion for anybody, but he's interested enough in what he's doing to say, hey, let's have a meeting. We'll talk about the logistics of all this stuff. And his response is, and he's supposed to idolize this guy. Right. This is supposed to be his hero, right? His response is, no, I need an answer right now. Yeah. Tell me immediately, which makes no sense. No sense at all. And he's like, well, if, if I have to answer right now, I'm going to say no, because it raises too many questions. And so then he decides that this guy's not my idol anymore. I want to kill him. It makes no sense yeah. at all. Uh, and then a side effect of this thing is that it, it takes, it drains people's intelligence and makes the, the person on the other side smarter somehow. But as you pointed out, does not make the other person dumber. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't hurt the person in any way, yeah. meaning it's not really a bad device at all. <laughs> it can just make other people smarter. Oh no! Right, can't have that. Oh god, terrible! And, and somehow this green like plasma or something like that that it that it emits is visible to the naked eye. And later, when his plan is in full force, and there's a bunch of people, you know, that, that own this and are watching TV with it, it it's everything goes back to his lair. It's like a, a freaking trail of all this green shit going back, to, like floating through the sky to his lair. Right. People can see that. What is going on? <laughs> what is this world? Yeah, nobody worries about this. Nobody. I, I would be like, are, are we being poisoned? What is this? Yeah, it's really weird. But, the whole movie, yes, that's the that's the best way to describe it in two words. Really weird. But so we've got Two Face who wants to kill Batman because oh, this is the other thing too because he gets acid thrown in his face when he was uh, district attorney doing this trial. They they show it via uh, you know when you're in school and it's going to be a video day and the teacher wheels in a fucking TV strapped to a table with a VCR and everything. Mm -hmm. That's how it's like they wheeled that into the movie and said, watch this scene right? that we're not going to show you in real life or anything. Uh, but Batman jumps over the, you know, he's sitting in the, in the gallery or whatever. And as the guys got the, Acid. By the way, this gangster sitting on the, the witness stand p 
pulls out a thing of acid and is just holding it for a minute. No one says anything. Batman apparently is the only one that saw it. But he jumps over the gallery and tries to stop him, but he gets Harvey in the face and creates Two-Face inadvertently. Uh, But what I love about this is it implies that before this moment happened, Batman was just sitting, listening to the trial in full Batman (laughs) gear. (laughs) Just like, "Mm mm-hmm, yes, yes. (laughs) And then springs into action, but too late. Uh, So, anyway, it's... You've got his motivation, then you've got the Joker's motivation, and they try to weld them together, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And then we pile in Robin into this, played by Chris O'Donnell. What did you think of What did you think of him? What did you think of his uh, martial arts uh, laundry fucking method? Um, I I thought it was kind of dumb, and I thought that his character was kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's supposed to be playing a teenage boy. Apparently, yeah, because because his whole family dies as it as happens in the comic. But in the comic, you know, in the comic, Robin's like eleven or sort twelve or something when that happens, and he he is a ward of Bruce Wayne for several years right. before he becomes Batman or before before he becomes Robin, and in this one. Chris O'Donnell's like, oh, you know, you got to adopt me, I guess. 25-year-old Chris O'Donnell gets adopted by 11 years older Val Kilmer. It's ridiculous. I mean, I would be more believable for them to be seeking a a single black female. (laughs) Right? But, yeah, it's it's so dumb. But I guess he's supposed to be 17 or whatever. Yeah, he, he, he definitely doesn't look like he needs to be adopted. No. But he acts like a stupid, impulsive teenage boy. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, he's he wants to just take off, you know, at first. And the only reason he stays is he's lured by the freaking motorcycles and food. You're right. Um, I mean, it was the whole thing's dumb. And then when he finds out he's Batman, he steals the Batmobile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he finds, he finds Batman's lair. Which just screams intruder alert over and over again, but then just presents the the (laughs) Batmobile like it comes up from under the ground. Like it's like, hey, intruders, here's all the stuff. So dumb. It would be like, it would be like if your bedroom was rigged to when someone breaks down the door to say intruder alert and then all your jewelry cases open up (laughs) and then display anything of value you have in your room it's the stupidest thing ever right and and all the the computers all open up and everything is so weird so then yeah he steals the batmobile and tries to pick up some horse yeah and then, like, some girl is, like, getting attacked by a gang on the side of the road that are dressed in, like, it looks like Mardi Gras outfits mm-hmm. and face paint, and it's, like, black light everywhere. I mean, it's really weird. Yeah. It's a like, rave on the street. Nobody nobody would do that. I, I mean, I realize it's a gang, whatever, but people wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Well, you have no idea how many times I've gone down to Detroit and just... <laughs> Seen guys with full-on skull makeup tattoo, oh, yeah. just like all around their face. Totally you know, normal. Smashing out the street lights so they can replace them with black lights. Oh, oh, and then like you, you said about the girl when he saved her. Mm-hmm. She 
she kisses him. Yeah. Like, she was just saved from being raped, and then he's like, okay, big passionate kiss. Like, yeah. that, no, nothing that turns not... a woman on more than, than, uh, than almost being raped. Right, yeah, that, that would not work out. Yeah, that whole, that whole section was so stupid, because she's like, doesn't Batman ever kiss the girl? Yeah. And so he kisses her, and there's like a, like a Tweety Bird kind of sound effect as they kiss <laughs> in the back, like... Yeah, and, then she, and then she runs off. Because he tells everyone that he's Batman. Which he's obviously not. Obviously not. Right. They're like, you're not Batman. <laughs> Batman's 6'4". We know. we know exactly how <laughs> tall he is. You look more like a Robin. Oh, that's my name. <laughs> um, yeah. So, dumb. Most of this movie, I mean, usually we'd go through the plot like bit by bit, but no. I'm, I'm not doing that. It's not good. And yeah, Jim Carrey's Jim Carrey's terrible in it. Tommy Lee Jones not good acting in it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I like Chris O'Donnell, but I don't think Chris O'Donnell's particularly good in this. I think Val Kilmer's like I said. I think he's fine as Bruce Wayne. I don't think he's great as Batman. I, I don't see him as like a tortured soul. Yeah, in this. I guess. I guess. I mean, and Nicole Kidman's character Chase Meridian <laughs> is. One of the most ridiculous characters I've ever seen in a comic book. And she's yeah. supposed to be a normal human. Yeah. I mean, she Pat has... Engel's good as Commissioner Gordon. Okay. But yeah, I mean, she even has, like, a file on Batman where she's, like, trying to figure him out. Because, you know, she's, like, a psychiatrist or psychologist or something. Right, yeah. And she says he has schizophrenia, which I don't agree with. But... She's, like... Oh, yeah. That's another one of those things where they're like, schizophrenia is supposed to be multiple personalities, but it's not. I'm sure that's what they were thinking. I'm sure, but do a little research before you throw diagnoses out there, just saying. But it's, yeah, it's weird. She's seeing Bruce Wayne at the same time that she's seeing Batman, and she doesn't figure out all the stuff, even though she, all the stuff she's saying, like, Oh, there was probably a traumatic event uh, in this guy's uh, early in his life. That's what uh, you know forced him into being Batman. Bruce, your parents died when you were they're young, right? But she, she doesn't. Right. She doesn't connect it in any way. Doesn't she kiss them both? Yeah. So that- that's when she figures it out. I think. Oh, okay. And well, actually, he just comes out and tells her that he's Batman. Yeah. But there's there's a, a scene where they're at the circus before. Robin's parents die and everything. And Two-Face is there, and he's like, hey, I'm going to blow up this place until one of you reveals who Batman is. And Bruce Wayne, you know, Val Kilmer, stands up and says, you know, I'm Batman. And no one can hear him because it's so loud around him and everything. But have they ever been to a stadium or anything like that? Yeah, like Two-Face probably wouldn't be able to hear him, but Chase standing right next to him would have, or any of the other people standing directly next to him. Right. You know, I honestly thought, though, like initially when he did that, that she was going to think that he was just doing it to stop him from killing everybody. And that would have made sense. Yeah. But they just acted like nobody heard him. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, that's the movie. Terrible. Don't go see it. Okay, we got to find a better movie for next week. I don't remember what we were supposed to watch next Me week. Me either, but it's got to be better than this. Well, statistically, it should be. <laughs> right. 
Was this better than Die Hard with a Vengeance? No. Yeah. I agree. I think Die Hard with a Vengeance. Similar problems, but with the movies. Yeah. Die Hard with a Vengeance just had structural, like like I said, pacing issues and just structural issues. Like but I it like was structured the story weird. better in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah. And the acting. Oh, yeah. Acting's much better. This movie is terrible. So I don't know if they're going to make another one. Hopefully they don't. Yeah, no. They need to stop now. Yeah. Let it die for a while, and then you know you can bring it back years later with a, with a more Artur director. You know, screw this. Right. And a better Batman. Stop it. Um, so... <laughs> We will end this episode as we end every episode with our blockbuster pick of the week. Carol, this week, a very interesting movie has been released in Blockbuster. Disclosure. Oh, okay. We did not talk about Disclosure on the show, but are you familiar with Disclosure? I am. Isn't that Demi Moore and Michael Douglas? Yeah. My- She's sexually harassing him. Yeah. yeah. She rapes him. She rapes him? Yeah. I don't remember that. This is based on a Michael Crichton book where it's like, hey, men get raped too, I think it's called. Or I don't like Michael Crichton or his politics. Uh, but, and I don't necessarily agree. Like, to me, this is one of those things where it's like, so sexual harassment's in the news and everything. Anita Hill and, and all. I mean, that was a while a while ago. But but all that stuff, you know, like that's that's been in the news and everything recently. And Michael Crichton's one of those guys that's like, Oh, women are getting sexually harassed? Well, you know, guys have it tough, too. Like, he's one mm-hmm. of those type of guys. So that's what this movie is, basically. But, um, yeah, Michael Douglas it works at a computer company, and he's he's supposed to be promoted to the head of their CD-ROM division. And instead, uh, the job goes to an outsider, an ex-girlfriend of his, played by Demi Moore. And she, Michael Douglas is married now, but they used to date. And she sexually harasses him and then, like, corners him, pins him down, and rapes him in one scene. Okay, I guess we're going to have to rent this movie because I need to see that how this how this occurs. You need to see Demi Moore rape Michael Douglas? I need to understand. Because <laughs> I don't understand. I can understand how a guy could be raped, I suppose. I can understand how a guy could be raped by another guy. No, I can see how a guy could be raped by a girl. I mean, generally if, speaking, if you, if like, if I didn't want to have sex with you, let's say we didn't, like we weren't dating or whatever, uh-huh. and you tied me up, like, you know, because understandably I'm stronger than you, but if you, if I was sleeping or something and you, you know, chained me to the bed so that I couldn't get out and then you started doing stuff, um, you know, it's possible, it's possible that I wouldn't physically be able to be raped. But it's also possible that I would be physically able yeah. to be raped because that doesn't always happen just because of arousal. Right. Sometimes yeah. it also happens for other reasons and it can be involuntary. You cannot want something to be happening or, you know, like it can be stimulated without you like mentally, mentally. wanting to right. that stuff to occur. True. Okay, I guess. Um. Oh, I had a question, but it left. Never mind. What was the question? I don't know. Oh, Could I was going to say a lot. <laughs> what? 
I said, could Demi Moore rape? Because you can't rape the willing, you know? Uh-huh. Um, no, I remember there was a scene, though. I saw this when I was, like, a kid. Like, way too young to have seen this movie. What? But it was in a haunted house. What movie? Oh, oh, you're not talking about disclosure. No. I was going to say that movie just came out. What are you talking about? No. But there was, like, a haunted house, mm-hmm. and the guy gets raped by the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny. It was really disturbing. No, I... Just the phrase, guy gets raped by ghost is funny. <laughs> because... She, like, the ghost looks like this really hot lady, and, and like, he, like, thinks that it's, like, kind of like in The Shining. You know how he's, like, kissing on the lady and thinks she's hot, and then she turns into something gross? Right, yeah. Kind of like that. Okay. Except he's stuck in a chair, and she, like, straddles him when she's gross, and, like, has sex with him because she was just making out with him, so. I believe the movie you're talking about is The Entity? I think so, yeah. That came out in 1982, so yeah, quite uh, quite a bit ago, 13 years ago. Yeah, I saw it when I was really little, and it traumatized me. Well, you know, to a degree, really little, yeah. I mean, way younger than probably you would have. That came out when you were, you know, younger than, than you should have seen that. Okay. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Moving on. So yeah, that's uh, that's the episode though. And go see Disclosure. Rent the Entity too if you want to see a ghost rape dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the two 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 films with uh with men male being raped. Right. There you go. Um, that sounds like a party weekend. All right. Uh, all right. So if you have things to Not say, not as good of a party weekend as uh, you know a thirty five year old and twenty six year old guy uh, age <laughs> indeterminate having some fucking racist. Uh, you think they have a Confederate flag in their house? Oh God. Please don't call them. <sighs> so if you guys have things to say about this episode, which I can imagine <laughs> you might, right. uh, you can write us at latefee1994 at AOL.com. That sounds good. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye.